Hi, I'm Shannon. And I'm Navita. And, and we're, we're the, the Raven, Raven Girls. Girls. Welcome to our Raven Cycle Podcast. Where we talk about four dysfunctional teenagers and their dead Welsh boyfriend. This is episode zero, where we'll be doing introductions of ourselves. Our backgrounds, how we found the books, and what we expect the podcast to cover in the future. Disclaimers, we have them. This is an analysis podcast. We will be discussing the Raven Cycle as a cycle. That means we are not spoiler free. We are in fact spoilerific. So you probably want to have read the books before you listen. Uh, yeah, highly recommend that because we are literally going to spoil the books in this episode. We will use pronunciations from the audiobooks. And page numbers are referenced from the paperback editions. Except for The Raven King, which isn't out in paperback yet, but we all know that. And then a personal disclaimer from me. This podcast has a teen plus rating. There will be, I'm sure, canon levels of adult content, including Ronan swearing, 300 Foxway drinking, Kavinsky purience, because I just can't not, and hopefully no gray man violence. Although Shannon keeps slapping me for some reason. I'm not sure what that's all about, but apparently that's a thing. So (laughs) with that, let's get to the introductions. Shannon, why don't you get us started? Okay, well, I'm Shannon. I grew up in Appalachia, West Virginia specifically. I'm a biochemist, and I love animals and volunteer every week at the Oregon Zoo. I read pretty much constantly. I read a lot of YA. I play a lot of games, like role-playing video games. Sort of how we met, sort of not. Yeah, basically. And the other day I was like, how did I meet Shannon? Oh yeah, Hellsend. And I was like, wait, no, actually, I met her before Hellsend. <laughs> but Hellsend is a role-playing uh, game yeah. that a friend of ours ran. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Because they're not going to know that, Navita. <laughs> they're not. That is a reference that nobody else will get. We met through a role-playing game. Kind of. Ish. Not really. But yeah. That and writing and reading is what I do in my spare time. I wanted to make sure that people knew that you do write for your own characters. I think you mostly are right now writing for your own pleasure. Yeah, basically. But would like to, I'm sure, like most people, get publication at some point in some way. Yes, that would be awesome. (laughs) But I have a ways to go to be able to produce enough content on a reliable schedule to make that feasible. Yeah, that 40-hour work week just Uh (laughs) breaks into that. Absolutely. My name is Navita. I was raised on a small farm in Central California with chickens, rabbits, free-range Camaros, and a pet goat named Sparkle, which is not as cool as a pet raven named Chainsaw. It's pretty close. I thought it was damn close. (laughs) My goat was named after My Little Pony. Aww. (laughs) Twilight? No, No, that was way before Twilight. way before Twilight. (laughs) And currently, I live right outside of Portland, Oregon, and I have a garden, cats, fish, bees, a car that is completely unsuited for any sort of street racing, a shelf full of role-playing books, and a murder of crows that likes to flock around my house. (laughs) Because of course they do. (laughs) (laughs) Because of course they do. (laughs) So that's kind of the basic introduction. Yeah, Shannon and I met, we've known each other for six years. It's been a while. Seven years. We met here in Portland. I've been here for 12 some odd years. I think you've been here Here for for 10. And we met six or some odd years ago. I think maybe it's closer to seven. I'd have to go through and look stuff. Yes. So how I found the Raven Cycle was actually in 2016, I had made a pledge to rediscover some of the classic science fiction. And so I went back and looked at like Bradbury and Le Guin and Huxley and all of those authors. Some of them I had read before, some of them I had never gotten around to. And then the American political landscape did things that made a lot of that speculative science fiction seem very scary and very real. Uh And so I decided that possibly maybe this was not a good road to go down for me at that time. And I sort of turned to YA last summer and fall. I was kind of looking for some escapism at that point. And Although YA gets a little dystopian at it, times it, it as well. It can. In fact, I think I started with 
Oh, the what are those extremely popular ones that got made into movies? See, this is how terrible That's I am. That's a names. million of them. <laughs> but uh, you know, with the like, chick with the bow and arrow, Katniss. Oh, um, <laughs> Hunger Games. The Hunger Games. Yes. Yes, I love Hunger Games. I love well, Hunger so Games much because that we can't. because Katniss is from your area. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so I think I actually started with the Hunger Games, but at least that was like fighting against the power. So mm-hmm. so I had kind of had recommendations from the library, and Maggie Stiefvater popped up as uh, an author of interest. And the first book that I went through, and this was audiobooks, was Shiver. And I thought, you know, what the hell? Sure, I'll give it a shot. And then I was like, what the hell? This is kind of terrible. <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's just not what you wanted. <laughs> it's it's not terrible, but it was not what I wanted. So I moved on and kind of tapped a vein with Seanan McGuire and Holly Black and Darker Shade of Magic and Six of Crows and Crooked Kingdom and all those YA novels. And then Six of Crows is really good. I liked it yes, a lot. Yes, yes. That was one of the ones that I was like, Shannon, you have to read this. <laughs> and then Scorpio Races came up as a recommendation. And so I was like, what the hell again? And then what the hell? Because it was so good. I fell in love with it. It was atmospheric and moving and just did that beautiful blend of Celtic mythology and kind of nostalgic. Well, there's horse racing, so it's <laughs> it's racing. So I fell in love with that book, but it was a standalone. And so I kind of meandered through some other series. And then the Raven Boys popped up and I was like, Raven Boys? <laughs> Because I kind of am obsessed with Corvids <laughs> of all kinds. And then I was like, hell yeah, sign me up. So I started the Raven Boys and devoured the audiobooks, all four of them, in four and a half days. <laughs> I think it was when there was snow in Portland, though. So I was stuck inside, stuck inside for, for four like and a half week. days. Yeah. <laughs> and then as soon as the Raven King ended, I immediately, and I mean immediately started the Raven Boys over again because there were things at the end of the Raven King that I was like, holy shit, she was talking about that at the beginning of the Raven Boys. So I went (laughs) back through it and it's, I've lost count, I think six or seven times now, maybe I've been through it in the last six months. I've only been through it twice. That's okay. That's not a, it's not a race. It's not a competition. But at that point, I realized I'm obsessed much and desperately needed someone to talk to about the book. So I roped Shannon into my obsession. <laughs> yes. And that is where Shannon comes in. Yeah. Navita had been suggesting things for me to read, like as you were reading them. And I picked up Six of Crows first. I got in touch with you and I was like, oh, I finished Six of Crows. And you were just like, oh, that's nice. Read this now. Right now you have to read this. Oh, my God. <laughs> that is actually quote. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, actually. <laughs> there may have been some F-bombs. You fucking have to read this book right now. I'm fairly sure when you got to Dream Thieves, I was like, it's a horror novel with street racing and the word fuck weasel. It's my favorite <laughs> book of all time. <laughs> we'll get to that. Yes, anyway, yes, conti- continue, Shannon. How you um, got into... That's basically the story. I read them and really enjoyed them. And then, like, we sat down to discuss them. And I was like, yes, yes, these are awesome. And then I went back and, like, read them again. And we just, like, we have to tell the world about this. We have to, like, talk about this to someone else and yes. to each other. And yeah. so, yeah, so we're just basically recording us talking about these books that we like. Yeah. So that's how the podcast actually got off the ground. So I was like, I'm obsessed. Shannon is obsessed. We can be obsessed with the world. (laughs) So how would you describe the Raven cycle to someone who hasn't read it? It's so hard. It's it's very difficult. (laughs) It's very difficult. So hard. I tried doing this with my partner and it's... Who, yeah. who apparently, <laughs> I, I really want to have them on the podcast because hearing the theories and like the shade, the absolute <laughs> shade that keeps getting thrown, I'm like, what have you told them, Shannon? 
Yeah, it's... It is a difficult thing. I mean, we started this episode with four dysfunctional teenagers and their dead Welsh boyfriend, and that pretty much sums it up as far as I'm concerned. I saw an article on Hypable, and by the way, if we reference an article or uh, like a meme or a blog post or anything like that, we will do our best to track down the source material and post that in the show notes. But there's this article on Hypable that described it... And I thought this was great. Charmed meets Dead Poet Society meets The Fast and the Furious. (laughs) That is super good. That is pretty much... That encapsulates what I feel. Yeah, I can completely get behind that description. Yeah, like, I was going to say something along the lines of a YA series set in Appalachia involving rich high school boys, psychics, ghosts, magical realism, and Welsh kings. (laughs) Kind of. (laughs) I've come to start calling Glendower King MacGuffin. (laughs) That makes a lot of sense, (laughs) because Glendower has so little to do do with what actually happens it's not actually a character <laughs> so the back of the book is makes it sound like it's a romance and i feel like some of the negative reviews and things that i saw online were because it was marketed as a romance and it's not a romance but like the back of the book is blue sergeant stands next to her clairvoyant mother she sees a spirit of a boy his name is gansey Blue has a policy of staying away from Eglin B-Boys. Blue is drawn to Gansey. Da-da-da-da-da. And I was like, okay, this is... all true. It's true, but but it's not at all. So, of course, I love Maggie a lot. And I... She really does. (laughs) (laughs) She had someone on Tumblr ask... I have to say that the blur it's well, it's a comment. I have to say that the blurb on the back of Maggie Steve Otter's book, The Raven Boys, doesn't do it justice. And her response is a host of codependent teens with a battery of psychological issues comb rural Virginia for a dead Welsh king with dubious magical powers. Trees talk, hitmen put down roots, dead people live, living people die. Cars are described in loving detail. Fuck weasel. A house full of psychics tells everyone the future and drinks a lot on page considering it's a young adult series. Nobody kisses anybody, which is weird because everybody loves everybody. There's rich boys, poor boys, sad boys, angry boys, raven boys, collect them all. They wouldn't let me write it. That was literally her her comment. They wouldn't let me write it. But that, you know, that's much better than the back of the book blurb. Agreed. That does a lot more of encapsulating what it's actually about. I would really honestly sell these books primarily as a character study. Secondly, as an adventure story with some horror and some magical realism. Mm-hmm. Would not put it in a fantasy camp because it's not. It's grounded in our world, in our time. There is magic, but it's not fantasy. And then I thirdly would call it a romance, maybe if you think Gansey's in love with Glendower, which, (laughs) duh, that's... Yeah, that's the primary romance. It really is. A young boy and his obsession with the legendary Welsh king that nobody outside of Wales has heard of. (laughs) I agree. A friend of mine does a British history podcast, and I'm desperately hoping that he will come on to talk about Glendower when we do a deep dive. And I started to describe these books to him, and he's like, what? (laughs) Glendower in Virginia? (laughs) I was like, yeah, okay. (laughs) A lot of the sort of negative things that I've seen online have been people not really understanding or maybe not wanting or they didn't sign up for the fact that it's really not a paranormal romance and they expected more action or structure or kissy kissies and they didn't appreciate there's some meandering character interactions that are 100% character driven moments and they're Mm -hmm. important in the long run but don't seem important at the moment when they're actually happening and so I think that puts some people off that I've seen and then some people are put off because they expect Blue to be the only protagonist and really it's an ensemble cast and they might not like POVs certain characters or they couldn't get behind the story being told the way it was. So 
Which, hey, if that's how people feel, that's how they feel. But I it's think like, that's I, the strength I, of I it. will admit that the blue bits are my favorite, and Blue's point of view is my favorite. But I do also really enjoy the other POVs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's nice to be able to get into seeing like the way other people are reacting to the things that are going on. Right. Yeah, I think the whole reason, though, that we're doing this podcast is because the books are far more complex than like a first time read through really can just you don't pick everything up on the first time. You absolutely do not. And my favorite Easter egg of the books, I didn't pick up till like read through number five. And it's such a throwaway detail and nobody else might care except myself and Maggie. I thought I was clever for figuring it out, but obviously she put it in there. (laughs) But five reads in, I figured something out that was a buried detail that I did not see the first four times. And I think that calling it a Raven cycle is completely accurate. It really is. They really do loop in and everything is foreshadowed. Mm. Like, we'll, we'll get into that in like episode one, even like first three chapters. Everything mm. is foreshadowed. Yeah, yeah. And she has said, and I'll also be linking to this set of Q&A. She has said that she has to have the end in mind because how could she foreshadow everything? Mm-hmm. So she knew where the series was going. She wasn't just kind of throwing things in just to throw things in and spaghetti sticking to a wall these things were deliberate they were important to the story and that's the reason why she threw some of these details in and it feels that way like you can tell that it's crafted and not just yeah i mean i mean i feel like some things probably are just thrown in because that's all things were yeah because i feel like there are lots of things that well, we'll talk about that too. Dangling plot threads. Yes. Is there anything else you wanted to add on how would you sell the Raven cycle? I don't think so. I, th- I think we pretty much covered it. Talking about the read throughs though, I, like after my first read through and then you convinced me, it's like, oh, go back and read it again. Mm. And then I was texting you like, yes, <laughs> I texted you way more of like, this the is second awesome. Time, yeah. My second time through. My first time through, I just read the book. And then the second time through was the audiobooks and the audiobooks are so good they are such a good good will Patton did an amazing job i loved it now i've had one friend that i recommended the series to could not get into it because she's seen him in so many movies and tv shows that she just was picturing his face (laughs) talking to her through the whole thing but i thought his narration was amazing (sighs) some of the accents are a little like iffy but i wouldn't know you know (laughs) (laughs) i'm not from the area I wouldn't know. I mean, other than the, like, horrid Kavinsky Jersey accent, which I'm like, what is this? I I guess... Kavinsky's didn't bother me. (sighs) Yeah. There were just some things that he said where I was like, what kind of mobster movie? Well, maybe Kavinsky might just talk like he's in a mobster movie. That might have been a choice. Anything else? No, I think that's it. So, favorite books? My note... On the very first thing I wrote down, so we're going to talk about our favorites and least favorites of the books, the characters, the villains. The very first thing that I wrote down was the opposite of Shannon. (laughs) (laughs) I knew for a fact that everything that I said, Shannon would have the opposite of. Not because we don't, like, you know, agree on things, but specifically because I know Shannon's tastes pretty well. (laughs) And she probably knows my tastes pretty well. (laughs) I also knew that we would have like completely opposite favorite books and characters mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so why don't you, you go, want me to go first yeah, yeah go first so my favorite character is blue mm-hmm. i love blue just because short girl power man <laughs> i i love short do we want to admit your height or um, just actually say- i am i am within an inch of blue blue Above. is five feet tall Yes, you're... I'm an inch below blue. Oh, wow. I thought you were an inch taller. <laughs> no, I'm only somewhere around 4'11". I just really connect with blues. Like, you know, of course, the shortness and feistiness and her connection with her family and just like close-knit family because I come from the same kind of environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just fell in love with blue. So my favorite character, it's actually kind of hard to say, and Shannon's going to roll her eyes. It's a little <laughs> hard to say because I actually love of Gansey and Adam a lot, but the obvious choice is Ronan. You know, 
I was going to say, you know exactly who your favorite character is. You love them all, but you know exactly who your favorite is. When I was getting Shannon to read these books, I kept sending her Gansey memes because they're hilarious. It was the text meme like, I love you. I love you so much. You're the Gansey to my Glendower. Like that one on Tumblr and and I'm like, oh, by the way, Gansy's not my favorite character. And you were in the book and you were like, no, there's a punk ass kid. <laughs> well, you didn't say ass. That would be me. There's a punk with a pet raven. We all know who your favorite character is. I'm like, that's probably my exact word. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, really? That, that transparent? Really? I often yes. like in role playing games have raven familiars. So I have a raven tapestry on the wall that I've had for 20 years. I am wearing my luck for the podcast, make way for the Raven King t-shirt. Not that that's important. Um, Which Maggie complimented. Also not that important. That's totally important. She did the artwork. So it's one of the pieces that she has up on Society6 or something like that. But I cut it and painted glitter all over it and made it fit me better. And she was... You know who else does stuff like that? Well, okay. (laughs) So I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. All right. But okay. So Ronan, I totally fell. I literally literally fell in love with him from the very first thing he said and I laughed and was like that's my guy I just have so many feelings for Ronan but interestingly enough Ronan is also fairly straightforward for me like I feel like his character arc is really accessible for me and maybe that's just because it's accessible for me I love Gansey and Adam quite a bit and they're more complex for me I feel it's harder to get into their heads and I don't get them as easily which is is great that they're more challenging Mm -hmm. Gansey's internal struggles and his anxieties are very, very close to mine. So he breaks my heart. And he tries so hard. He tries so hard. (laughs) But I have a lot of the same anxieties and fears about friendship that Gansey does. And I am one of those people that also unerringly have weapons of destructions in my words and sometimes <laughs> say things that I literally lay awake 10 years later thinking about the thing that I said to that person. Oh that my probably gosh. Has, yes. <laughs> that person has forgotten about. And I'm like, why am I such an asshole? <sighs> I don't mean to be, but I'll say things that I think are funny. And then Adam, uh, I love Adam. We'll get into my feelings about Adam. There's not, there's way too much here to go into. So my favorite character is Ronan, but I, I really love all the boys. Favorite book from you? Take a guess, Navita. <laughs> blue, really, really blue. Gee, how could I have not known that? You knew. I knew. Just like I know your favorite, but we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah. And why? I love how it goes deeper into Blue's history and Blue's relationship with her family and her relationship with all the boys. And it's just, it's like, I, I really enjoy like the focus on Blue and, mm-hmm. and just the whole way that it continues the story. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's just everything's starting to come together. And mm-hmm. you've got Raven King, which is like everything blows up and finishes. Mm-hmm. But I just, I love like the build up and Blue Lily. Blue. We'll get to my feelings. <laughs> um, no, I, my favorite book, guess Shannon. No, Shannon already knows. Um, my favorite book is The Dream Thieves. I adore Ronan's arc. I adore his realizations about himself. He starts out even admitting that he has secrets that he keeps from himself, secrets that he has to keep from his friends. I adore his acceptance of himself, his mysteries around his abilities, some of which never, ever actually get answered, and hopefully they will. And I adore the gray man. I adore sort of the bait and switch on that. I adore his redemption with Mora. I feel like that relationship 
is earned. We see a good mirror of the healing power of love where you can see sort of the darker, twisted side of love turned to obsession Mm -hmm. with Kavinsky. And I think that those are good foils and it really shows the different ways that denial of love can ruin a person because Adam also has a really strong arc in The Dream Thieves Mm -hmm. where he's having to deal with Cabe's water and the fallout from his bargain and that doesn't get resolved until the end of Dream Thieves and then it deals with what happens when we literally and metaphorically face our fears our literal Mm -hmm. embodied fears and what is Ronan's biggest fear his biggest fear is losing his family his biggest fear is you know not being able to go back to the barns his biggest fear is Mm -hmm. revealing his feelings to Adam those are his biggest fears so those just goosebumps I mean goosebumping and and again we see you get a lot of that in dream themes but even then a lot of it doesn't come to full fruition until Raven King. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, there, mm-hmm. there are revelations that are seeded in the Dream Thieves that don't come full circle until the final book, mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah. Favorite villain? Hmm. Let's see. Favorite villain? <laughs> Does Quinthlian count? <laughs> if not, probably the Gray Man, just because, like, like you were saying, I love the Gray Man's relationship with Mora, and mm-hmm. it's so much fun to like watch his development and mm-hmm. and just watch how things. Oh, I adore! Yeah. I adore! Him. Yeah, he's, he's great. I love to see him, especially once Mora is gone, to see him step into not a father role, but to step like into a, he steps into a guardian role. Uh-huh, Absolutely. Which is not the same. Yeah, for all of them. And most fathers in this series are awful. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. In fact, every father in the series is awful. I can't... Noah's isn't. Henry's is. Gansey's mm-hmm. isn't, although oh, Gansey's puts a lot of pressure. Richard Campbell Gansey II puts a lot of pressure on Gansey that Gansey is definitely doing his little rebellion against in his own way. Uh-huh. But he's not an awful human. No, that's so. true. But yes, most of them have awful fathers. I hadn't even thought about um, Noah's, but... Yeah. Well, we don't, because we... We, we don't, don't really even, see them. We get his mom for, you know, we get... 30 his, seconds? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, the villains are, in my opinion, pretty uncompelling. And I feel like the villains are sort of the weak portion of the series. Yeah, I would say so. I do adore Green Mantle's particular brand of self-centeredness. <laughs> um, and I do love his sarcasm and his sort of dry wryness, because again, that's kind of close Mm -hmm. to me and the relationship between Colin and Piper make me laugh. (laughs) But I I don't necessarily like them as villains. I I feel like they could have been more. So totally agreed. Yeah. So of course, Kavinsky is my favorite antagonist. Mm -hmm. Uh, I hesitate to put him in the villain category because I feel he's not out. He almost kills Matthew. (laughs) Yes, but I feel like there's a big difference between being an antagonist for Ronan and being a villain of the, the series. series. Yeah, okay. So I buy that. I and I he does really he's he does despicable unforgivable things but I have a lot of empathy for Kavinsky mm-hmm. um, I mean I practically dated a Kavinsky when I I mean I did pretty much date a Kavinsky when I was 18 so past me mm-hmm. anyone who thinks Scarface is a movie to uh, look up to and emulate is probably not a good person and this you, is should a good, prob- mm-hmm. you should probably walk away. I mean, if this happens to go back in time, but like I dated a, a Kavinsky when I was 18, <laughs> I might over identify with Ronan a little. <laughs> um, he's a bad dude and he does terrible, terrible fucking things. But I, I still, I love what he brings to Ronan's story, even though it's terrible stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. that's the whole point of an antagonist or a villain. 
least favorite book. My least favorite is Blue Lily Lily Blue. <laughs> uh, again, opposite of Shannon. It has great stuff in it and it has characters that I love and some interesting things are presented, but I kind of feel like it meanders in a lot of ways. And I feel like it brings in too many new characters. I kind of feel like the Raven King and Blue Lily Lily Blue could have been combined into one novel. And there's a lot that I skip through, but then I realize I might have also just at that point been reading for pinch <laughs> and then like this isn't adam and ronan all right we're gonna move on um so let's be real that could be the reason i'm not <laughs> as big of a fan as navita guessed correctly i would say that my least favorite book is the dream thieves mm. basically just because i am not a bad boy type girl <laughs> <laughs> I have never been one to be attracted to the bad boy. Stink guy from over the pop filter. <laughs> no, go ahead. Continue. <laughs> I feel like I'm being personally attacked here. No. <laughs> no I'm kidding. I'm teasing. No, I'm it's, teasing. it's a wonderful book. You get into a whole lot of really interesting things. Mm -hmm. And like, I love Ronan's dreaming ability. Mm -hmm. It's so fascinating. But I have a hard time sometimes relating to Ronan. So to have a whole book that is basically like a bad boy going on a bender for the entire... <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's good and it's interesting. But it's just like that... Like, yes, please <laughs> sign me up. It makes, Thank you. <laughs> it makes, Are there makes it, a little, <laughs> it makes it a little difficult for me yeah, to get yeah. into. I, I mean, sometimes. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> So least favorite characters then? <laughs> Ronan. <laughs> I know you hate me, but just for the reasons that I was just saying, just like yeah. the other characters like are totally people that I would be friends with and seek out to be friends with. And Ronan is just not I'm like not saying he's a bad person. He's obviously not. Mm -hmm. But it's just like he's not the kind of person that I would that I connect with like immediately. Mm -hmm. Well, it's all right because my least favorite is Blue. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. She doesn't grab me. She doesn't grab me the way that the boys do. And mm -hmm. I, yeah, I also like her. But I, I, I think it does get slightly better by the end. It's almost like her quirkiness is so forced. And her fierce feminism is not really I mean, it's problematic in ways. And it, I feel like she's trying too hard ish. I can but see they, that. But they all are. I mean, that's kind of the point. Mm -hmm. They're they're all trying too hard. Like, Adam's trying too hard, and Gansey's trying way too hard. <laughs> and Ronan's, well, trying too hard not to try too hard. I think I actually liked Blue the most in Blue Lily Lily Blue, because she's angry, legitimately angry at Mora for mm -hmm. leaving. And she's really uncertain about her future. And it does focus on that interiority. That felt way more authentic to me mm -hmm. by that time. So it's like you said, it's not that I don't like blue. And then I kind of wonder too, like how much of blue is like me. And so therefore I kind of <laughs> skip over her and we have similar characteristics. And so therefore I'm like less interested in her arc because I don't You've know. lived that. Because I've lived it. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I work in natural resources. Uh, I believe strongly in caring for the environment. I lived in a tent for six months. These are things that I didn't say at the beginning, but like I've hugged the trees and lived in the trees. And Have uh, they talked to you? Uh, no, I wish. <laughs> Not in meat space, they haven't talked to me, so... But I like Blue. She's just probably my least favorite. And, you know, I consider the four mains to be Blue and Gansey and Adam and Ronan. And I like Henry and Noah. I don't necessarily consider them to be as strong because they're just not in the books as much. But they're all wonderful. Oh, yeah. All of the characters. I mean, other than some of the villains, I'm I love all the characters. So to that, least favorite villain... Hmm. Least favorite villain is probably Piper. Piper? Mm -hmm. mm. Just because she feels so shallow in like so many ways. I'm just like, why are you doing what you're doing? Because like, she's she bored. That is literally mm. the reason she's doing what she's doing. And it's like, you know. Because <laughs> she's rich and she's bored. It's, I really don't like the spoiled brat mm. stereotype. Mm. And in ways, I think I can see what Maggie was trying to do with that as like a parallel with the Raven boys in a way. Some of the stuff she does, I'm just 
just like, why? I don't, just, no. Yeah. (laughs) Well, mine is, I'm going to get hate mail for this, but Niall Lynch. (laughs) Can I, can I consider him a villain? Jeez, dude, that guy, he just did some seriously effed up shit. Mm -hmm. Like, he is a terrible person as far as I'm concerned. And, and his kids are the ones who are paying for it. Right. And, and and I want a lot of that to get explored later. So, but I mean, honestly, a lot of the villains are pretty flaccid. But I think my least favorite villain is the demon. Because it's so out of left field in a way. To me, it's not foreshadowed. And maybe we'll pick this up more as we go through it this time. But there's some very little foreshadowing like when Neve is at the tree doing the scrying but there's nothing really leading us to believe that there's this unmaker until the last book mm-hmm. I mean there's the third sleeper and we kind of know that one of them's got to be a bad guy but like this whole demon mythology is just sort of crammed into the right. Raven King and the whole blood shed on a ley line and was it like the blood that was shed when I'm assuming Artemis killed that guy in Glendower's tomb. Was that what created the demon or was the demon already on the ley line? Those are questions that we never, we never get them answered. And they're questions that I feel like should have been brought forth prior to the final book. Mm-hmm. They should have been teased a lot more for a demon. For Artemis a, a should have talked to someone well, about some of this. Artemis is Artemis also a villain as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I- Absolutely. This is a terrible, terrible Tirolente. He's terrible. <laughs> as far as the demon goes, though, it's so out of the blue that I didn't even think about it when I was considering, like, who my the, least the villains. Favorite villain. yeah, yeah, no, because he's, it's a tool. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just like a magical thing of a bob. It could have been anything and not been a demon. Mm-hmm. It could have been a magical sword. It could have been a fart in a bag. It could have been, like, <laughs> anything. Anything would have filled the purpose of this demon. Okay, so dangling plot threads, things that we wish that had been answered. I'd like to have seen more of the Foxway ladies before they came to Foxway, but I know that that's something that Maggie's not going to talk about. Correct. But specifically, when Adam and Persephone are talking about Adam making the bargain and then feeling like the others don't really understand him, Mm -hmm. and Persephone's like, oh, they didn't understand me either when I came back. I'm like, I want to know. I want to know what she did. Yeah, what happened? Who's they? What happened? (laughs) Yeah, uh, one of mine is definitely with Kala. Kala and Noah, when they first meet in the Raven King, there's a scene where Noah kind of reminds her of another dead person or another ghost. And then he apologizes because he basically took the memory out of her head. I'm like, who did you kill, Kala? Who did you kill? (laughs) That's another good one. I'd like to see that one to you. But I mean, the biggest dangling plot thread, and it's the one that is at the it's in the epilogue of the Raven King is the Camaro wheel mm-hmm. because it's brought up in I think it's the Dream Thieves yes yeah. in the boat scene and then Blue takes the wheel to Kala and she says oh he wasn't alone when this was abandoned and it's like is it actually the original pig is my question because what happens to the pig what happens to the original pig where did it go it just got left on the side of the road he was alone when he abandoned it nothing happened like did it get towed for scrap what the hell's going on where's the pig and in that scene one of the wheels actually pops off the pig Mm -hmm. so like even if it got towed to the scrapyard there's a wheel there but there's also the scene where they pick up Mallory and Gansey tosses the spare out of the trunk and so there's there's another wheel gone (laughs) and he wasn't alone when he abandoned it like so which one and they they find two hubcaps they find one one at the bottom of the lake and then Chainsaw finds one at the end of the Raven King. That's right. And so, and he's like, good find, brat. That was my Ronan voice. <laughs> but yeah, so that whole thing, that whole dangling plot thread, there's some time fuckery happening at that point. I mean, obviously. I was going to say, there. yes, that's <laughs> what the series is about. Yeah. Okay, so hopes for the Dream Earth trilogy. I want it to make me love Ronan. <laughs> Oh, Shannon. (laughs) I'm going to tear up. It's 
like, I want to see more pinch. I want to see more of Adam and Ronan's relationship mm-hmm. because I, I really love that pairing. I do too. So I know it's other really people good. don't, but I love it. I want to see more Opal. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I, I so love her. So domestic pinch. Yeah. yeah. So my number one is there is just such a throwaway line in The Dream Thieves when the gray man attacks Declan in his dorm room at Aglenby. Mm-hmm. And Declan asks, and I'll quote, it's page 17 of The Dream Thieves, the paperback. Declan asks, did you kill my father? And then the gray man responds, Niall Lynch, he asked me that question too. It's like, huh. dun, 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 dun. <laughs> And it's such a throwaway line. Like, it's never referenced anywhere else. So, was Niall's father brutally murdered? Niall, why didn't you warn your sons that this was a thing that might happen? I mean, you're st- Mm-hmm. Like, why didn't you tell them? So I really would love just a whole backstory on the lynches. And I really want Ronan to go to Ireland. Oh, that I would be so cool. I want him to travel to the mother country and explore his roots. I want to figure out if this is genetic. I mean, we have Kavinsky and we don't have any indication that his parents were dreamers, but then he killed his dad. So was his I mean, like, Mm. I'd like to see the gray man come back. I'd like to see if Ronan gets sucked into the black market stuff. Mm -hmm. That would be really scary. Ronan would. That's terrible. And then I'd want Adam to go to Ireland and work with old world ley lines. Yes. Oh, my God. I want him to like meet some priestesses or druids. Oh, yes. And like to tap magic that's not caves water. And then like see if caves water is remade manifested and maybe connect mm-hmm. caves water back to the old world yes yes i want oh, yes. i want adam to have that and then of course like the domestic pinch like you talked about and then like i cannot stress this enough i want adam to have a motorcycle <laughs> okay <laughs> i don't know why but like i will lose my shit if adam is in motorcycle <laughs> leathers and so will ronin <laughs> Okay, like, I will have to have a lie down in a dark room with a wet washcloth and possibly some booze. Um, And then also, please, Maggie, I am on board for the sexy cars, sexy girls and sexy explosions. I want all of those things in the Dreamer trilogy. Yes, please. Okay, so hopes for the Raven Cycle TV show. Which you didn't even know about for a while. And then I was like, it's Shannon. True. It's true. How could you? Why? Why did you not know this? <laughs> and but, you were like, you didn't tell me. And I'm like, oh. And, and you were like, but But, but I posted t- on it on Facebook. It's like the <laughs> only Maggie post posted I- about it like a lot. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. yeah, bad me. And a couple of minor things. I hope they get the accents right. Mm. <laughs> because... I love media set in Appalachia mm-hmm. just because like I love things that remind me of home, mm-hmm. but I also hate it when they get it wrong. Right. So yeah, I hope that I hope that casting wise, they make the Foxway ladies in blue, not white because they're not. <laughs> well, Cal is not. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And well, neither are blue, at least is described as like not. I mean, she's not black, but she's not. Mm-hmm. She's not mm-hmm. like. And Jimmy is her aunt. And Jimmy is described as like dark skinned. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, they're described as very tan, which in the next episode, I was actually going to talk about that because mm-hmm. we're going to do a character introduction for blue. I have a mental picture. She's also not mm-hmm. necessarily Germanic white to me. But yeah. Yeah. yeah it'd be nice to see some diversity mm-hmm. in, yeah. in skin tone. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I know a lot of people are wanting that. Mm. And basically, like, if it's good and it goes on long enough, I would like to see things like beyond the books. Mm. Yeah, just... Mm-hmm. Well, and there are so many, like, little minor scenes that are referenced as having happened. Yes. That you do not see on the page, but they're quick little, like, the first one that I can think of is them towing each other on a moving doll 
Sally behind the BMW. Yes. Like that, even if it's just 30 seconds of a flash of that, I think (laughs) that would make me happy. But there are lots of little scenes that are not actually on the page, but are referenced as having happened. Mm -hmm. And so I can see there being some solid extra story Mm -hmm. versus just a straight adaptation of every scene from the book. Exactly. To go further, like I would, I would like to see what Blue and Gansey and Henry get up to on their mm, on their year the on, road trip. Yeah, because like you were saying, like let let's see Ronan go to Ireland. I want to know where they go and like right. you know what they do. It's never made completely clear. Like are Blue and Gansey clear to have physical contact we now? Will, or that is something that will be a talk. <laughs> yeah, at some point we will have to talk about that one. So yeah, my biggest hope is that they just stay true to the heart of the book. Exactly. Um, that they make the character interactions be number one. These kids are so deeply flawed. They are going to have to find actors that can really sell it. Yes. That can emote without emoting (laughs) because there's no narrator. There's no interiority. I mean, I'm assuming that there's not going to be a voiceover. I mean, I could see how there could potentially be a voiceover. Like this isn't the wonder years. But it's not. Yes, exactly. (laughs) But there would have to, there's going to have to be a lot of acting with the eyes. Uh-huh. Like there's going to be a lot of anxiety and vulnerability that's just and subtlety and the the kids are going to have to know how to act. And I'd like to see unknowns casts. I'd like to see well-known actors from like my generation, similar to what they did with Stranger Things, mm-hmm. where they brought in Winona Ryder. And that's like a big draw. I'd love to see a well-known teen actor from my generation yes. step in as Mora. <laughs> but I'd love to see some people that like with Stranger Things, some of those teen actors that were teen actors 20 years ago, yes. come in as the adult actors. and then. I want to see unknowns as the kids and they have to be able to act. Yes. The number one. I went to see a talk with Maggie and her response to this question was, well, I either want it to be really good or really bad. (laughs) (laughs) Because if it's really good, then people will come up and say, wow, your TV show's really good. And she can say, yeah, isn't that great? And then if it's really bad, people will go, oh, your TV show's not that good she could go i know isn't it terrible <laughs> but if it's like mediocre no one's gonna talk no, about you it can't, there's like no way to play off mediocre really. <laughs> so i thought that was a great response from her on that particular uh-huh that is pretty good yeah so with that what are the expectations that we have for the podcast for me i just want to have some fun talking about this awesome series of books that i like and Mm -hmm. have fun talking to you and and maybe talking to other people who like the books yes i would love to see some if we can get a listener base and get some other fans on Mm -hmm. um even if it's just through social media even (laughs) if we just interact that way but i'd love to actually have people's voices on on the podcast. Exactly. Me too. A far off, probably never in a million years going to happen thing would be talking to Maggie about the oh books. Lord. Wouldn't that be so awesome? <laughs> I might have to lay down in a dark room <laughs> with a washcloth again. I uh, would be doing all the talking because Navita would not be able to function. I mean, no. I'm sorry. I have a legitimate crush on Maggie. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll edit that out. My expectations will be covering about two to five chapters per episode, depending on how much actual information is in each. And we're trying to break it up almost thematically or arc wise so that the chapters make sense together. Mm -hmm. It's a little easier with some than others. We'll announce which chapters we'll be recording if folks want to follow along because our recording schedule is actually going to be ahead of our release schedule by quite a bit. So if people want to comment like we were talking about and give us theories and headcanons and things like that, the plan... I guess would be to recap the chapters 
have detailed analysis, have a deep dive, if not every episode, fairly regularly on a subject that we find is interesting that is related to the chapters that we're covering. Other segments, the most valuable character mm-hmm. award. I might have a how often is Gansey called an old man drinking game, <laughs> aka how much does Navita hate her liver drinking game. <laughs> I also may throw in a Maggie Watch 2017. (laughs) And then where we'll talk about news of maybe the TV show or Maggie's tour or new books. Because we record ahead of time, it may not be entirely topical, but we also might do Maggie Watches on social media. Mm -hmm. And then it will 100% be Shannon's job to rein me in when I start to rant. (laughs) (laughs) and or go too deep into the fandom. That's a difficult responsibility, (laughs) Namita. Well, I think you can handle it. Um, (laughs) And then it will 100% be my job to make Shannon laugh so hard that she falls out of her chair. (laughs) That's, That's my goal. Each episode. <laughs> each episode. Each episode. I'll get a concussion. Oh, all right. No. Well, violence. I said gray man violence. You said hopefully no gray man violence. <laughs> what? I'm changing the disclaimer right now. <laughs> okay. Concussion. Anyway. Everything. <laughs> Anything else we need to talk about? I don't think so. I think that's about it. All right. Thanks for joining us today. Our next episode will be episode one, and it will be chapters one through three of The Raven Boys, and a deep dive on St. Mark's Eve, courtesy of Navita. Thank you. (laughs) And then, like I just said, our recording schedule is several weeks ahead of time, so follow us online for announcements of what chapters we will be covering next. Please send us your thoughts, and we would absolutely love to hear your contributions. We'd love to have conversations. We'd love to hear your theories, your head cannons, all of that kind of good stuff. And you can find us practically everywhere on social media at Raven Girls, R-A-V-I-N-G-I-R-L-S. We're on Twitter at Raven Girls, on Tumblr at RavenGirls.tumblr.com, and Facebook at Raven Girls. And uh, you can reach us directly at R-A-V-I-N-G-I-R-L-S at gmail.com. Which I realized later is raving IRLs, <laughs> which is fine. It's fine with me. Uh, you can reach. We are raving. We are IRL. <laughs> we are raving IRLs. You can reach me at substanceparty.tumblr.com, all one word and spelled out, or via Gmail at substanceparty with all of the A's removed. S U B S T N C E P R T Y at gmail.com. <laughs> And if we've referenced a post or article in the podcast, we'll do our best to include the source links, as I said, with the show notes and the Raven Cycle and all affiliated properties are copyright Maggie Steve Otter and Scholastic Incorporated. So we hope you enjoyed the episode. And until next time, whoop, 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 Raven, Raven Girls! girls. <laughs> I still am like... <laughs>